0: It's Io, and welcome to Episode 3 of The Nook. Thank you so much for joining me today, and as always, I'm here to help you by answering your questions on teaching students with severe and profound disabilities and low-incident disabilities, including autism. We have a great question today from John, but before we get into that tough one, I want to let you know that you can have your questions answered here on the podcast by submitting them on The Nook. You can do that by going to www.noodlenook.net slash podcast. And if you have your question chosen, you'll get a free resource from the Noodle Nook store where you can choose from so many products, perfect for your classroom, like the monthly units, which give you language arts, writing, and math activities adapted for students with low verbal abilities. And with one every month, you have so many choices, you can have curriculum all year long. So please head over to www.noodlenook.net slash podcast and submit your question today. All right, here's the question from John. If a child who can't communicate well displays frustration by hitting and pinching people and pets, how do you teach them to stop? John, I totally feel your pain. There is nothing worse than getting spit on, bitten, or kicked at work every day, and pinching is the worst. I had a student, and they ended up being one of my favorites. You know us self-contained teachers. We love the ones that are the hardest. But she would scratch me all the time, and I mean all the time. I think it was her most favorite way to communicate with me. And at the time, I would have done anything to get her to stop, so I know you're probably looking for a fix to the pinching problem and fast. So here are a few steps that you can do to address the behavior. First things first, you want to identify the function of the behavior. Is it communication? Is it attention? Is it work aversion? Why is the student pinching? For me and my student who scratched, she did it when she was trying to get attention, trying to get out of work, and when she wanted something nearly all the time. At least that was what it seemed like to me. What we found out when we really started to look at her behaviors and do a behavior analysis was that she was using it to communicate. So you'll want to find out what the function is for your student's behavior. You can get more information by reading a post here on the site, and I will click to that in the show notes about the function of behavior. The second step is really a discussion about communication. I want you to think about if your student can reliably communicate with you. For the student that I was speaking about earlier who used to scratch all the time, She didn't have a consistent communication system and basically no way to tell people how she was feeling or the things that she wanted or needed. And I think most behaviors can be associated with not having a reliable way to express wants and needs. So as you're working with your student, I want you to really ask yourself if the student has a reliable way to communicate with you. And remember that it's not what you want them to be able to say, it's what they want to say. If you had a communication board with four squares like yes, no, bathroom, and water, and you wanted the teacher to read you a story, what would you do? Yeah, there's no button for that. So I highly, highly suggest using core vocabulary in the classroom, like with a core board, so that a student has a lot of language readily available to them, and then model and practice its use with your students. So, like I said, number one is to identify the function. Number two is to really know what your student's mode of communication is. So number three is that you're going to want to find a replacement for the behavior. There's a post on this blog about replacement behaviors, and I will link to that in the show notes as well, but you want to find something appropriate for your student to do to get the same outcome as the adverse behavior, in this case, the pinching. If your student is pinching to get out of work, can they get out of work in a better way, like maybe a way that doesn't involve hurting you? Uh, Maybe you could use a break card or use the finished icon on the core board, something appropriate that they can get the same outcome, and really what you're doing is giving them a better way to ask for what they need. That is what makes a good replacement behavior. And that's why it's so important not only to identify why the behavior is happening but what you want the student to do instead of the behavior that you're trying to stop. You also mentioned pinching pets and here if you're looking for a replacement behavior it might be that you need to introduce a better way to play with or a more appropriate way to play with the pets. First, however, you want to find the function of the behavior and go from there. So on a final note, number four, I suggest using some sort of social narrative. More opportunities to hear and see the appropriate behavior in action is worth the few moments it takes to read through a social story in the classroom. You may even find that it is a great item to put in a cool down corner or use as part of a consequence for behavior as a student reflects on what they've done. You can read more about social stories and how to write them as well as get a free social story by reading through the post here and I'll put that in the show notes as well. So there you have it John, if you want to teach your student to do something other than hitting and pinching everyone, start by identifying the function, decide on a replacement behavior, teach some basic communication, and use social narratives to directly teach the replacement behavior. Thanks so much for the question John, I know you're not the only one out there who struggles with aggressive behavior in the classroom, so it's good to get some of this information. I'm going to send you out a free classroom principle of your choice from the Noodle next store so that you can get things going in your classroom, and maybe it'll be the behavior toolkit which is full of visuals to help support behavior modification. Either way, good luck and let me know if you were able to change that behavior. I hope all of you were able to get some helpful tips from this podcast. Please write in the comments if you have successfully changed hitting and pinching behaviors and how. And if you want to have your question answered here on the Nook, head over to noodlenook.net and click on the podcasts button to submit your question. There is so much to learn when you work with students with severe disabilities and those with low incidence disabilities like autism. I hope you're able to find some answers here on this podcast and on the Noodle Nook blog. We need all the great teachers we can get, so stay strong and teach on. Thanks for listening to The Nook. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing now. Visit www.noodlenook.net slash podcast. Bye, y'all.